Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Testing. One, two, one, two. Are we live or are we Memorex? I don't know where I am. So it's just going to be a, a normal show. would be the both of us on your WGN. Things are okay now. I got my ears on. I literally was like, well, where are my ears? Breaker, breaker. You got your ears on? I do. Yes. 10-4 was just last week. It was. Yeah, good Good buddy. buddy. (laughs) Jinx, (laughs) thanks. Jinx, thanks. Yeah, right. (laughs) Now I can jinx, jinx you again. (laughs) I want to start with with an odd question. Mm Mm-hmm. And... I know I'm never known for odd questions. As we were coming in tonight, about 9.30, we were on, we came in along the drive, but we were on Columbus, coming into the radio station, 9.30, and all of a sudden we heard what sounded like an explosion. And it sounded like, it felt like, and there's nothing on the scanners, nothing that no. anybody has, everybody's been checking things. And uh, Ron, you didn't find anything, right? I haven't seen anything yet. I mean, uh, with something that loud, and, and, and you said it was uh, that uh, that big of a boom, I expected to find something, but I haven't found anything yet. Yeah. You had that story about the uh, car crash last night on Lakeshore Drive. Yes. And as you were reading that story, I thought, you know, that's what it could have been, too, a car accident where... But this this had more of it was because it, it reverberated it into explosion. our yeah, yeah into our car. We felt it blocks away. Yeah. yeah, that and and I have posted pictures as I do every Saturday night, uh, either as we're coming into work or once we get into work. And there was not a lot to see coming into work tonight because we were a little later, so it was dark. Um, but once I got into work, I was standing at the studio window here on the 18th floor, and I got the eeriest picture of no traffic on the street. I mean, it's... Right down on Columbus yeah, Drive. it's not to, even 10 o'clock at night, and there's nothing there. And if you want to see the pictures Johnny's talking about, go to our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash Steve and Johnny Show. But it made for a great picture. Just <laughs> kind of, you know, yeah. a quiet night in Chicago. <laughs> Well, you know, they are starting to close uh, some streets uh, for, yes. because of the uh, the big marathon tomorrow. Right. And you're getting ready for that, right? Your carbo loading tonight? I've done it before. I've done a, I've done five marathons Have before. Have you really? Really? Yes. Here I thought it was going to be <laughs> aggravating you, but no. <laughs> I've done it. I just thought that I, I wanted to try it. I was not really a runner, wow. uh, but I trained. And I'm living proof that uh, if you train for it, you can do it. 
Now, is what we heard on Lisa's show uh, yesterday true? She was talking about training for the marathon, and somebody, some expert was saying, even though it's like a 26-mile marathon, if you train and you run 20, you're good. Right. Why is that? Uh, I'm not sure, but that was the cutoff uh, when I trained. Uh, the longest I ran was 20 miles uh, a couple of uh, weeks before the marathon. Then you start tapering, what they call. Do You run a little less than that uh, until you get up to the marathon. I guess it's just building up your resistance and building up your muscles to that point. Hmm. Wow. Well, in honor of the marathon, I'm going to run down to the coffee machine at least three times tonight. And it's I will, almost the same thing. <laughs> I, yeah. will, I will do it without spilling my coffee on my way back because I will – well, actually, I'll go with it at a quick pace. I like a, um, walking a, – what's it called when you're walking with sticks in your hands you know in case any dogs run out on you they do it there, over in the park ter- there's a term for that oh ron you know what i'm talking about the kind of i thought it was just walking with sticks in your hands in case there are dogs <laughs> yeah I've, I, I've seen it i don't know what the name of yeah. that is so. but you're walking really fast what Ju- is it julian julian i said you were gonna ski or something well it looks that was my like first I sound like I'm a nut. No, do not go there. Do not. I saw see, it. See, that was established years ago. That, that That's not I, up for discussion. I'm going to turn to my point. friend Bob, the keeper of the big plug. How are you tonight, Bob? I am fine. Thank you very much. You you, made you've it. been training for the uh, the marathon? Oh, yeah. You know, I drive 26 miles every day, so yeah. I'm, I'm ready to go. <laughs> okay. And today you had to drive through the closures right. to, to get here. Yeah. It was a little easier did, than NASCAR. Yeah, I did the NASCAR dance. Yeah. And probably tomorrow, too. Yeah, yeah. So when you get out of here in the morning, well, they will probably be They'll gathering be already. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because I talked to our friend Mike Marshock. Um, he's one of the volunteers. And he said he's going to be out there at like at 430 in the morning to Basically, to tell people where to go. Yeah. You know, that's my idea of a good yeah. job. No, that's Let a me tell, I'll yeah. tell you where to go. I'll volunteer to tell you that. <laughs> well. well, we have a bunch of things uh, planned for tonight. Uh, a little later, a lot of people had a lot of questions after last week's conversation about Facebook hijacking right. with Patrick Crispin. So Patrick is joining us tonight. We're going to talk a little bit more about that and some other really weird stuff. Yes. Have you guys noticed? Uh, you're on Facebook, aren't you, Bob? Nope. No, you're not. Oh, okay. You're the, you're the one. <laughs> yeah, just me. <laughs> Actually, we have a couple friends that like to say, I don't have time for that, which is like they're saying to you, you've got all the time in the world. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Um there's this weird, Ron, you may have noticed this, this weird thing that's happening where you see pictures of injured dogs and people say, I just found this dog. The post will say, I just found this dog on the side of the street and you need to repost this. Well, apparently, I've just learned that's a hoax. Well, most times when I see the word repost, repost. I just figured hoax, not going there. Nope. But I'm baffled by what do bad guys get from me reposting a picture of an injured dog, which it was proven to me that it's a hoax because one of the pictures that was posted last week from Northwest Indiana was the same exact dog from over in Germany. It was posted, injured on the side of the road. 
And and the guy who's doing this obviously has a lot of dogged determination. (laughs) Don't don't laugh, Ron. It was funny. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, thank you, Ron. I'm I'm outnumbered here. (laughs) I I don't know what they would do. What the point of something like that is, other than just having a lark, having a laugh at at someone else's expense. I don't know. Well, there's some way, I guess, that once you repost it. Once that post is on your page, some way they can put bad stuff on your computer. That's all I'm guessing in in real basic terms. But we're going to get Patrick to talk about that tonight because I saw half a dozen different dog pictures. And if you're like me, you see that and you go, oh, what can I do? And if it means just reposting it, well, sure, I'll re- – oh, no, you don't want to no, do that. No. Yeah, You'd be barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> Now we've got a rim shot. <laughs> okay, Ron, before we take a break. You mean, you mean a pause? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> it's contagious. <laughs> when we come back from our break, I want to find out about this award that you got. Speaking of Facebook. Oh, okay. You were all dressed up and standing there with a couple of lovely ladies talking. I was... And I see that there's a an award that I'd never even heard of. It was a very happy time. It was a very All nice right. night. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back and find out about that and a whole lot more here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman of WGN. That's from a movie. Yeah, it's got to be. Julian, what is that? It's like I can see the, the, the credits rolling or something. That is the introduction to Edward Scissorhands. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, very good. Great choice, too. Who's doing that? Danny Elfman. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it had that Danny Elfman feel. Well, speaking of scary stuff, we might even sneak in a, a really scary ghost story tonight. Because tis October, and we have been known to uh, mm-hmm. celebrate the uh, the Halloween season. Fa- Halloween. It's what I call it in my world. Halloween. <laughs> okay. So, Ron Braun, I'm looking at your Facebook page. And there you are, grinning from ear to ear. And you're the <laughs> recipient of the 65th Annual Golden Trumpet Award. Please tell us what that is, because it's not explained in your post. It's uh, put on. It's uh, distributed by the Publicity Club of Chicago. Okay. And uh, as, as, as you said, they've been doing this for 65 years. And it's to honor uh, and recognize people doing really good work. And uh, what we did was in the podcast category, uh, we put together a podcast. I worked uh, for quite a while, 10 years, uh, about with uh, Rivet 360 at the oh, sure. uh, production company. Mm-hmm. And uh, we put together this podcast called uh, The Journey Continues. Uh, with Sarah Jane Castro, who was in there in the picture as well, mm-hmm. with the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois. And they talked to survivors of, uh, of transplants and also with families uh, who have uh, donated uh, 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 kidneys mm-hmm. from uh, from uh, from family members who had been deceased, right. mm-hmm. and so it's a, it's a, it's life saving. It's it's life changing moments of theirs. So it's a very nice, dramatic, uh, and uh, inspiring story. I was inspired weekly uh, by the stories that they told. So it was nice to be recognized for that. Uh, they gave us a a silver uh, trumpet. There's a golden trumpet and a silver trumpet, and we got a, a silver trumpet, which is 
great recognition for the podcast. Sure. Is and the podcast still available for people to it access? It is. Yes, it's called The Journey Continues. Okay. And w- where would would you go Apple to Apple or any any place you hear yeah, you hear podcasts. Oh. Excellent. Uh, and and do they use the trumpet for 65 years as the the symbol of just getting the word out as in as in publicity? Yeah. I believe it is, yes. Yeah. Yes. And we was down at the Harold Washington Library, very nice room, and uh saw our our colleague uh, Rick Kogan there as well. So mm-hmm. uh so it's a, it's very very impressive night and as you said, I was smiling broadly for very good reason, you know. Well, congratulations. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Very cool. But as a newsman, in the future when you win awards, would you explain to us what they are? <laughs> Cuz for ever since you posted that, I said I, I've got I put this it? on my list of things to talk about on Saturday night cuz I got to know what that is it was a tease it wasn't a oh, full story thank it was just you. a tease okay you tease you <laughs> uh by the way steve uh, and ron 847 area code said they're on my side when it comes to your jokes just stop it <laughs> i think we've run out by now <laughs> oh, yeah, no. we, we no. won't hound her anymore ah! <laughs> i guess not <laughs> changing the subject <laughs> well speaking of critters we should mention that coming up After 11 o'clock, we're going to be talking about a story that happened in Chicago that has now become an international story about all of the birds, literally more birds than they've ever tracked, that died died and were injured in Chicago at McCormick Place this past week. Did you guys see the picture of the the birds that were gathered? I just incredible story. Oh, it it's an is. incredible story. It's... And and the the organization that we're going to talk to and about after eleven o'clock. Those are the folks that got out there and actually got those carcasses together, and then I believe they took them over to the field museum where they'll be observed. Uh, one of the quotes that i heard today was one of the folks that was out there working said a particular bird that she had picked up that bird had come from canada and on friday it would have been in peru Mm -hmm. if it hadn't hit the building and i was wow it just boggles my mind when i think because we just take them for granted at least i do one of the things that, that i love about this time of the year quite frequently will hear a, a flock of whatever yeah. above us and they're just they're heading south yeah the, the geese the big old geese that yeah. are so noisy yeah well speaking of animals the bears woohoo you know that was the nicest that, that surprise that was a great game <laughs> and i was surprised uh, dumb me i didn't realize that fields has the best record of any uh quarterback this season that's what they were saying in for, the game for completed yeah. passes yeah this very very impressive and not a one and loss record but it's a, a quarterback rating right <laughs> yes. the, the loss one and loss record is a little not very good uh, bob were you saying that if they had lost then next sunday's game would be like a year to the day from the time they had yeah, you know, they, they, they won their last game and uh, you know we were we were speculating that had the bears lost uh, November 9th, they're supposed to play the Carolina Panthers on Amazon and national TV. We were thinking that the league was going to say, uh-uh, got to move that game. Really? Because they have a month to move it. 
So, oh. and so they would think that maybe not enough people would be watching because they're so bad. And yeah, that was an exciting game on Thursday. That was terrific. Yeah, and and, uh, and did anybody use the the headline? You wrote I a great suggested? headline. The, the, the Bears one two punch because one is Fields and two is DJ, and boom, that's what it took. One two punch. I did see that once. Um, oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, good. I got the word out for him. See? <laughs> <laughs> Are All you right. collecting royalties on that? <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's a copy. You know, there was three Pete was copyrighted, so I, yeah. I copyrighted the Isn't one that crazy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not yeah. the best manager, though, so <laughs> we have so much to cover tonight. We hope that you all will stay with us. At some point tonight, we will do our shout out because we got people listening in Oklahoma and in Florida mm-hmm. and in New Jersey and all over Michigan and Wisconsin, and we do appreciate that. And quick reminder that next week's show is going to be really, really, really different. Uh, the show, I believe, is going to start around 930. But the first roughly two hours of the show will be best of because next week is Johnny's uh, class reunion. We'll be in here around uh, 11, 1130. And live in the studio performing with us will be Tommy Emanuel. If you've, if you've never heard of Tommy Emanuel, be here. Trust me, you'll want to. To arise. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. There was a story that happened this past week that now has made news literally all over the world. It was, well, I'll, I'll just read you the headline from today's Tribune. Bird versus building casualties mount. And almost a thousand migrating birds. The, the, the image it's is a horrible so, story. The image of those birds is so disturbing. And I guess one of the good things that came of this story is the fact that I learned that we have an organization, a very active organization, a volunteer group locally called the Chicago Bird Collision Monitors. And joining us right now on the telephone line is the director of the CBCM group, and um, she's Annette Prince. And Annette, thank you so much for joining us tonight on WGN. Thanks for inviting me. I'm glad to be here. I know you've been doing a lot of talking over the past 48 hours. And to, to recap for, for people who may not be familiar with this story, and, and tell me if if I'm saying anything incorrectly, Almost a thousand migrating birds, the highest number on record, died Thursday in what's being called massive carnage at McCormick Place Lakeside Center. When did when did you hear about this, uh, Annette? When did the story make its way to you? Well, we are downtown every morning. uh, recovering birds, and it's the Field Museum staff that goes out to McCormick Place, and we were finding an enormous number of birds downtown. I wasn't even scheduled to be downtown on Thursday morning, but calls started coming in at 4.30 in the morning from uh, the public and members of, of the staff at buildings uh, that indicated that birds were being reported everywhere along the lakefront in downtown. Mm-hmm. So I got downtown and was at a building where I myself recovered more than 100 birds at, at a building downtown and heard from the field museum staff that they were picking up an unimaginable number of birds uh, and also that birds were hitting at the um, 
uh, McCormick Place West, and they were asking whether we could send some folks there. So we sent some volunteers to that because they were barely able to keep up with all the birds they were finding. So it was in, it was in the middle of, of the morning, uh, with the early morning hours. We start uh, around six thirty, right uh, right before sunrise. So it was sometime around seven thirty that I was hearing from the people at the field museum that the numbers were mounting as far as what they were recovering uh, at that at that single building. Am I correct that that, that this this was just a a crazy uh, what's the word I want to use perfect storm uh, perfect storm of a lot of weird things that have the combination of the lights at McCormick Place cloud cover wind rain rain and even so a lot of things came together to cause this to happen Am I correct on that? Exactly it, it, it was an accumulation of birds that hadn't moved for a while because. Birds like to fly when the wind's coming from the north in the fall because it gives them it's a it's a, a, a prevailing wind that gives them um, uh, an assist in their flying. And uh, there'd been a, a few all those really nice days we had earlier this week were south winds, uh, which which stopped the birds from moving. So, besides the fact that this time of year a lot of birds are ready. Uh, you know, we like to say that right now we're getting ready for the Chicago Marathon, but the Migration Marathon is going on right now. And these birds are in, in large numbers in early October, and they'd all been waiting to go. And that uh, those north wind, north and west winds and uh, and that front started coming, and they took full advantage of that and uh, with, with tragic results uh, when they encountered the buildings and the lights in downtown. Were the birds coming from as far north as Canada and made it this far before they... They met their end. They can they can travel uh, at, at most maybe six hundred miles in, in a or depending how much they're taking advantage of the wind. So, mm-hmm. uh, okay, what's six hundred miles north? Probably northern northern United States, not maybe Canada. This way, they they kind of go in different stages and come and and we we found them all all day long. So. Uh, different stages of birds are, are probably departing from uh, from points you know, north uh, in different groupings, and it was a pretty continual flow of birds that wow. uh, that brought this on. Have you been able to assess the different varieties of birds that ended up dead? I know at the Field, field Museum when they documented their birds, they said there was over thirty three different kinds of birds. Really? I imagine it was. The same, if not maybe uh, uh, some additional ones. Just in the, in the downtown area that we monitor, which is a mile and a half, uh, we picked up a thousand birds. We picked oh. up about uh, three hundred uh, birds that were injured and got them to the wildlife center, and probably another uh, seven hundred or more that were dead. So our numbers uh, within the, the square mile outside of McCormick Place uh, were were at that at, at the at that number. Uh, but even for us, we were finding large numbers of birds at single buildings. Usually, we find birds dispersed, but there were some sometimes when um, it was just a con- continual locations. Anything that's along close to the lake or close to the Chicago River mm-hmm. is a habitat that birds like to come down to for the green space. Mm-hmm. And if you have a dangerous glass building there, you've essentially put an obstacle in in a, a very uh, desirable location where they want to spend their day refueling and resting. And uh, unfortunately, it, it, it pulls them toward either reflections of trees in the in the glass or mm-hmm. transparent spaces they think they're going to fly through. So um, those are always areas that, that we can see high concentrations of birds. And why McCormick Place stands as, as such a critical location. It's the first encounter for birds. They travel along the lakefront, 
And one of the oh. first things they can be drawn to are the lights at that building. And if it's daylight, they're just coming off the, the lake to settle for the day after flying all night. And it's, it's the first building with glass that they're going to, to run into. Annette Prince, the director of the Chicago Bird Collision Monitors. Their website is birdmonitors.net, and you should check it out, birdmonitors.net. Annette, one of the things I'm curious about, we've got so many questions, one of the things I'm curious about, were there any reports from lakefront suburbs well, we were getting calls because we have a helpline and um, throughout the city, certainly along the lakefront, uh, the birds were being found. Because we know that we look at one square mile of downtown and we know that's not the only place that birds are colliding. It's what we logistically can cover and mm-hmm. feel that there's a concentration of birds. But we know everywhere there's an office park, everywhere there's a high-rise building, everywhere there's an individual family home with windows. It just takes birds in the presence of glass in order to have a collision, uh, it doesn't have to be the tallest building. It can it, it can happen that way. They say a billion birds a year uh, die in North America, wow. and that wow. if you just say everyone's home uh, kills one bird a year, uh, you can get to a billion very quickly when yeah. you add in some of these larger uh, you know mass collections. We find about five to seven thousand birds a year in in the downtown area. And, and the most important thing about that is that's only what we can find in the hours that we look. We know that it's a tip of an iceberg, and you can probably go 10 times beyond whatever you found to know how many birds really hit, because there are birds on rooftops, mm-hmm. on ledges, birds that got swept up. I found so many birds run over by cars that landed, mm-hmm. and it was um, uh, it's the kind of thing that when we say that uh, 5,000 birds a year are found downtown, it, it, it it's in the tens of thousands and the hundreds of thousands for the whole Chicago region on a yearly basis when you figure that there are birds that are never gotten to, detected, or documented. Johnny and I were... We had people that came to us on Friday, the day after um, the big event, uh, from building managers that were up on their rooftops, and they brought us garbage bags full of dead oh, birds that oh they boy. pulled off of their rooftop. Wow. Uh, it was, it, one of the bags they gave us was too heavy to lift. It, <gasps> you're talking about little birds that weigh a couple ounces. And if oh. you can put enough of those little <sighs> couple ounce birds in a bag that you can't lift, that's a lot of birds. So, yeah. so we know that those numbers are, are, are huge and that this is, a, this is a major problem that can often go unseen for a lot of reasons because right. people don't see them in the early morning or because they're up in places where we have no idea the the magnitude of the problem. Right. Johnny and I were talking as we were driving in tonight. Uh, we we understand that there some legislation has been passed and signed that would uh, c- provide specific requirements for buildings with with glass windows, things that they should do to make help more bird friendly. Yeah, make them more bird friendly. Yeah. As a result of what happened this past week, uh, are any of the buildings going to pay more attention to this? Because as we understand, not a lot of uh, buildings have implemented this. Well, what's been proposed uh, as an initial um uh, step in, in, in a long process of making the whole world safer for birds is that uh, new any new construction be required to meet uh, the highest possible standard of bird of bird safety uh, that we wrote in guidelines along with the city. Those guidelines were approved but haven't been implemented yet. So it is not a requirement yet. It is something that's out there. Uh, certainly anyone that does a project is, is free to adopt them. But uh, 
the city, since it was passed in 2020, has not put it into practice. They've had uh, reasons that we we don't completely know why it's been delayed. I mean, you could you can cynically think it's because some developments could get done before they had to meet the requirements. It could be the whole administrative process of getting these uh, regulations put into a, 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 an enforceable uh, code that that could be evaluated and and uh, put into practice. They say that it's coming out, uh, that, that the finalized version of these requirements will be made public by the end of the year, and that in 2024, any new development is going to have that. That's uh, have, have to meet the requirement of bird-friendly design. That still leaves the existing buildings right. that can be problems, and that's a whole uh, huge issue because to retrofit a building that's already built, it, it, it's almost far too late once the building's been built uh, to fix the entire building. You then have to kind of focus on critical areas because uh, it can it can be enormously more expensive to fix an already constructed building, mm-hmm. but it, it can doesn't have to cost you anything extra if you build it in from the start and just make sure your design has the right features to it. So we really want to see this build smart from the start uh, aspect so that, that architects and developers just have this you know, built into the into what they're going to do, and and not have to uh, afterwards try to to backpedal and fix things because that that would be the next thing we would want to work on buildings that already exist. Mm-hmm. Do you know for a fact that there's a kind of glass, for example, that could be used that would not reflect, so that the birds would not get confused and end up hitting it? Uh, 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 any kind of glass that has patterning in it. Uh, may still be reflective, but if you put some kind of patterns, whether it be an etched glass on the okay. outside or something that has an ultraviolet pattern, because birds can, if, if it reflects ultraviolet, birds can see in that spectrum. It allows, we don't notice the ultraviolet pattern, mm-hmm. but the birds would, it would stand out. What we want birds to do is have something that they see that's in their way. When it's perfectly clear glass, it looks like there's nothing standing between them and that tree in that lobby. Mm-hmm. And, um, if you have a pattern on the glass, they see a spacing that's too small for them to fit through and uh, a location that they cannot, uh, you know, that they would choose to fly around instead of flying towards. So uh, there yeah. are there are glass products, and right now there aren't as many as there could be. Most of them are for major um, um, uh, building uh, projects, mm-hmm. but, and homeowners can't easily get this. But what we believe is once these regulations go into effect, people are going to be seeking out and developing uh, new products that have uh, ways to to give birds a visual cue. You can also put barriers in front of glass. You can have like a screen. You can have a decorative grill. Oh. You could have uh, streamers if you, in your own home. If you have a, a, a problem window, you could uh, hang cords in front of your window. It's just something that shows birds that there's something in their way, mm-hmm. and they should you know, not not head towards it. So, so there are things you can put in front of glass. Uh, I just redid my windows, and I put all my screens on the exterior. So if a bird comes toward a window, uh, they're going to land or bounce off the screen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's good for energy efficiency in my home to have the screens on the outside because they provide a shading effect, uh, and it's, it's uh, cooler in the summer by having the shades on the outside. On our first floor, we've had a, it's kind of, it almost looks like a hawk. That that is a uh, it's an image that just kind of hangs in this big in front of the the ninety nine inch wide you know glass window. We had to have something there because it's trees all around, and they get very confused when they see the reflection of the trees in that window. 
So this knock on wood, it seems to be working so far. Um, Annette, I'd like you to address something. Uh, A couple of listeners have said that they've heard uh, talk about this horrible story over at McCormick Place Lakeside. And apparently someone was on the radio earlier this week and said that more birds are killed by cats than birds that hit buildings. Is that true? uh, they say that the the estimates can be the the, the habitat uh, destruction is the number one cause of declining my, my, migrating birds. Cats are uh, coming second, and uh, it's currently ranked that window collisions are, are coming third. Really? Uh, so the cats are certainly uh, out there for yeah. these vulnerable uh, wild birds. Uh, it's a predator that they're not they're not uh, used to. Uh, mm-hmm having to avoid, and uh, they're kind of uh, an introduced species because cats didn't live in the wild until we, we kind of let them loose in North America. And uh, they are. They are a, a higher cause of mortality. But certainly uh, uh, they're both as important because all these birds' populations are declining, yeah. and they can ill afford more losses. Uh, because the thing about glass uh, is that in nature, a lot of birds die during migration. It's a, it's an incredible exertion of, of energy and survival and uh, being able to withstand the elements and starvation and, and predators but nature chooses the weak and the strong ones survive and that that that's something that can can the birds can be resilient with that sort of natural selection glass and some of the man-made causes of, of bird death are unnatural, and they often kill the best bird. The, 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 the best flyer is the one that's going to fly into the window sometimes. Hmm. The strongest bird that made it all the way here from Canada and mm-hmm. hit a window. Uh, all the, Maybe some of his companions died along the way. So it's taking out not only members of the species, but some of the best members of the species, and that is going to cause a, a severe problem in the, the the strength of, of their uh, of the viability of, of these birds because they're losing very important members and successful uh, uh, for the continuation of some of these species. So that's uh, that's the unfortunate part is, yeah. is that uh, glass is not dis- is, is non discriminatory. It, it, it there isn't anything that it's not going to be harmful for. Well, as I said at the outset, the upside of this horrible story was we've learned that the Chicago Bird Collision Monitors group of volunteers exist. And thank you for doing what you do. And you're very active on Facebook, too. And we want our listeners to go to birdmonitors.net. And I want to ask you if you can join us again in the future, because there's so much more we need to talk about, Annette. And you are really good at educating people. And we thank you for that. I, I love talking about it, and I always tell people that it, it feels like a privilege to find a way to help these birds that are doing this in, incredible yes. spectacle of nature, of migrating, and to, to have a part in that. And right here in our own backyard, being able to do something, turning lights out as much as possible mm-hmm. and finding safer building designs is going to give these birds safer passage, and we, we believe they deserve a, a, a better fate than to, to, to die on their way between their, their, their migration. Absolutely. Thank you, Annette. Nice talking to you. Take care. Thanks for inviting me. You have a good evening. You too. Bye. You too, Annette. Thank you very much. And and again, check out the website. It's a they're doing such a such good work. It's birdmonitors.net. More coming up on WGN. Okay, we will. 
Steve King and Johnny Putman, and uh, it's time for some shout-outs. It is time to say, hey, you, thanks for tuning in. So many of you are listening to us, as they say, the old-fashioned way on their radios. But thankfully, we have the app, and you can listen to us anywhere in the world, anytime, day or night. And let us start with Norb Rosansky, who is listening to us from Aurora, and Roseanne Murphy's tuned in, and Judy Hannon is listening on her Bose radio. Richard Vanna is in Michigan City, and Lloyd Moncrief is in Aurora. Stan uh, Krifka is uh, tuned in from Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. I've always loved the name of that town. Yeah. Pleasant Prairie. should be like in a soap opera. Our buddy Chuck Snitchler. You think he lives in Hobart? Actually, he lives in Boobart because he's all decked out for Halloween. It's Boobart, Indiana. Which reminds me, we may have a, a scary story for you a little later tonight. Yes. And our stories are so scary that we wait until the bewitching hour so that the kids are in bed. Because yes. we don't want to be responsible for messing up their minds any more than they already are. Uh, Judy B. is drinking Diet Coke to stay awake tonight. Uh, she's in Oak Lawn. And Patty Ford is uh, tuned in. And Susie Schimmel is in Glen Allen. And Joan Kubzak is in uh, Greendale, Wisconsin. Our buddy Bobby Danos, who had a birthday yesterday. Happy, Happy birthday, Bobby. Yes, Happy belated birthday. Sandy McComas is in Michigan City, Indiana. A lot of folks in Michigan City tonight. Sharon Malone is in K-Town. That would be Kenosha, Wisconsin. Jim Smith has got it locked and loaded for the show tonight. Um, Helen Bodvin is tuned in from Kenosha, K-Town. John Couture, Warren, Michigan. Robin Aiken, Port Charlotte, Florida. Gene Jacobson is up in uh, Milwaukee, I believe. Uh, Dr. Ivan Kryptosis, Jefferson, Wisconsin. we got to find out what his... <laughs> Dr. Cryptosis, what he's up to in October. Uh, Joe Smith is in Nashville. Thanks for tuning in, Joe. Christine Bjorn, uh, Anthony Urias, our buddy we talked to on mm-hmm. the radio last week. He's tuned in tonight. Tracy Douglas in Savannah, Georgia. Chris Curran is in Waukesha. Donna Marie is tuned in, listening the old-fashioned way. Charlene Carlson, Bob Baker is in Dairyland. Don is in Kalamazoo. Our top fan, Patrice Centara. Thank you, Patrice, for listening in. Uh, James Gajewski's in Aurora. Um, let's see, Deb Scott and her 105-year-old mama are listening in the Elgin area. Yeah. Uh, Carrie Johnson's in Palm Coast, Florida. JP's in Peoria. Gina's in Colorado. Lynn Kinzer's in San Antonio, Florida. Mike and Lois are in the Quad Cities. Uh, 605 area code checks in, and they're in Pierre, South Dakota. And Gina is in Colorado. So we are getting, to, uh, what, you think about eight states? Eight, maybe ten states yeah. checking in tonight for us. Anybody our listening to us uh, in Canada? Or in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do we mention uh, Peter Lawrence in Sauk Village? No, he just jumped in here, and so did Roger D. in Beloit, Wisconsin. And uh, Naples, Florida is checking in, too, tonight. And um, we appreciate that. Thank you all for tuning in. Retrograde Michelle is listening out in Geneva, out in the, uh, in the Fox Valley. And uh, I, if I miss you, I'll get you next week on the radio. Next or, week will be a little different, though. Yeah, yeah next week is going to be a, 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 a strange show, and I know strange in us is normal. <laughs> but uh, the first couple hours of the show, and the show should start around 9.30 next week, uh, the first couple hours will be a, a best of, because next week is Johnny's class reunion. Thank you for not including the year. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a biggie. 
Yeah, I, I didn't say 50. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm here to help. And uh, after the class reunion, we're going to wander in here about 11 or 11.30. Mm-hmm. And the reason that we're wandering in here is because next week, buckle up, Tommy Emanuel who is going to be playing at the Park West early in the evening. After he finishes up at the Park West, he's going to bring his guitar and his own bad self up to the 18th floor and hang out with us and pick a little bit. And anytime we get the chance to hang out with Tommy and uh, have him pick, that's a good thing. And if you don't know who Tommy Emanuel is, just be here. Absolutely. Now, if you are in Wisconsin... He's going to be at the Paps Theater on Sunday up in Milwaukee. The Paps Theater is a wonderful theater. That The Paps Theater was the last place we actually saw Les Paul. We mm-hmm. were on stage with Les at his final concert in the Midwest at the Paps Theater. It's a beautiful theater. It's a gorgeous. Great it's a, acoustics. A great, it's, an old, it's a historic theater that has been restored. It's a wonderful theater. Doesn't it have a hotel next door that's haunted? I think it does, yes. Someone from that area, let, let me know if I've got that right in the name of the hotel. Not as though they need any more publicity. Because I'm positive it, it, it is. It's haunted. Yeah. yeah. Anyhow, so Tommy's <laughs> going to be there. He's going to be at the Park West next Saturday. Then he's going to come over mm-hmm. and hang out with us. This is and his, his Midwest tour before he heads off for Norway. And I think in November he's going to be traveling all over Europe because he's Indianapolis, Cleveland, I think Michigan, Chicago, Wisconsin, back to Nashville, and then over to Norway. And next week will be our last show here for a while, Mm -hmm. because we're going to take you on the road for about a month from uh, the middle of October through the middle of November. We're going to be down in the panhandle of Florida, and as we did the last time we were down there, we're going to be broadcasting, uh, we'll still be live, uh, and we'll be broadcasting from the facilities of the radio station that we consult on there, WKGC in Panama City. And uh, we're going to have some fun. While we're down there, our friends Jack and Jen, mm-hmm. who we first introduced to you to the last time that we were down there, they have a new album out. They just released a new video today. In fact, if you want to go to Facebook and look up Jack and Jen, you can get a look at their new video. And Jen is... G-I-N, as yeah. in Jack Daniels and, and Jen. Jen. Yeah. <laughs> they're, so they're a great couple, too. So much fun. But we had a lot of things planned uh, for our, our time in Florida. And yes, um, now that we're into hockey season, there are going to be those nights when we get on a little bit later. But, you know, we've been doing this nine months. Today is our anniversary Literally, of the, Stephen Johnny 2.0. Because we started doing uh, Stephen Johnny 2.0 on January 7th. Right. And there were a whole lot of Saturday nights that we were preempted. And this season, the Hawks have decided to play earlier games uh, because they want people to come out with their families, like mm-hmm. at 1 o'clock in the afternoon or 6 o'clock in the evening. So we're really not affected as much as we were uh, earlier yeah. this year. So we just hope that you'll be here after the hockey games. It's going to be a great season, too. And we hope that you'll be here after this break. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. <laughs> Those of you who have been hanging out with us for a while know that we try to uh, theme some of the musical bumps we use. Mm-hmm. And, and this, uh, 
By the way, I should mention you should bookmark our blog page, which is stevenjohnny.wordpress.com. That's stevenjohnny.wordpress.com. Why should I bookmark that, Steve? You should bookmark that because uh, within the next uh, 48 hours, you'll be able to go to that place and you'll be able to see uh, a blog post that will have uh, links to the podcast Mm -hmm. and uh, links to all of the bumps that we used during the show. Now, if they clicked on this particular bump, what would they be listening to? They would be listening to Mongo Santa Maria and Watermelon Man. And since you know that we try to theme this, so you're saying, why would they be playing Watermelon Man? Okay. <clears throat> How about, wait a minute, I need a little bit of... Uh, you need the big voice? Need to, yeah, I need to do the right effect uh, for the... <clears throat> How about Exploding watermelons <laughs> yes not once but twice in this past week i've had friends post the details of the watermelon that was sitting on their kitchen counter that literally exploded <laughs> I don't think you'd be laughing if you happened to walk into your kitchen and there was this sticky liquid on the floor. My girlfriend said, you know, at first I thought, well, our dog is so good about waiting to go out. And then I realized, ooh, no, this is a lot of liquid. I guess her refrigerator, her cabinets, the floor was all covered with sticky watermelon juice where it had literally just boom. Now, on the, the counter. Now, this wasn't a watermelon that somebody had hacked into. Or no, anything. it was no. just just your your, no. your garden. No, variety, garden variety watermelon, watermelon brought it home from the store. Not a sliced watermelon, no. but a a, a full a watermelon, big honking watermelon sitting there on the counter, just minding, minding its, its own, own business. business. <laughs> As opposed to the watermelons who are very nosy. I think the 40 years is finally starting to show. (laughs) Oh, golly. Uh, Yeah, so hard description. So so watermelons just sitting there doing nothing, and and all of a sudden... Julian, have you heard of this, the exploding watermelons? No, is that what it sounds like? That's exactly what it is. I have to imagine it does. Because <laughs> a watermelon it can weigh, you know, a couple of pounds. That's a lot of juice. That's a lot of mm that goes. And it's, I was trying to find her actual post from uh, Wednesday of last week where she described how literally uh, it took her the whole morning to clean her kitchen because just when she thought she was done, she looked over and there was ooey gooey stuff on the refrigerator where it had blown across the kitchen and hit the refrigerator i mean this is really terrifying what if you're in the room when it explodes (laughs) and what happens when you go to the hospital (laughs) does your insurance cover exploding watermelons what if you're carrying it and it blows on you? i'm sorry i shouldn't laugh because i know it's awful but uh, apparently it's a thing and i i couldn't believe that until i looked it up and sure enough uh, there is some scientific reason that this happens um, under the headline. What, the watermelon gets drunk? 
Well, no, that would be a good thing. Uh, people are reporting that their watermelons are exploding. That's the headline. And here's why it happens. A string of incidents involving ominous-looking watermelons. <laughs> I know. Oh, is that the watermelon with the black mustache and the dark sunglasses? Or what, are, what are we talking here? An it ominous spooky lo- season. Yeah. <laughs> the ominous watermelon. <laughs> You know, there's a story in this. It really is. It's a great ghost story. Oh, we should write one. <laughs> uh, so, again, this is a, a legit um, news story. Watermelons can offer a nice explosion of flavor nice <laughs> in your ex- mouth. A okay. nice explosion of flavor in your mouth. But they shouldn't be spontaneously combusting. Oddly enough, that's exactly what some people have reported. And here we are out of, you would think, watermelon season, but I was actually at the grocery store on Friday, and after I heard her story, I noticed that there were people that had watermelons in their cart. And I don't know that it was a great price or anything, but I wanted to walk up to them and say, is there a label on that watermelon that it could explode when you have it in your house or your car? Um So what happens, as they say, it's a scientific phenomenon. The I'm trying to get to the good stuff. (laughs) Before it explodes. Apparently, people have reported that before it explodes, you hear a rumbling in your watermelon. (laughs) You hear a rumbling. You know what? First thing I hear my watermelon. So should you feed it some gas X? Well, it's... (laughs) First time I hear it making some noise, I go to the back door and I throw it out off the, off the porch, right? You agree? Yeah. Um, it could have something to do with the fact that they left theirs out at room temperature as opposed to putting it in the refrigerator. And then it, it ferments and it starts foaming inside. So it's never happened to when they're refrigerated? No, I've not read any reports of it happening inside of a refrigerator. So I guess the lesson to learn there is don't leave it sitting out on the on the counter unless you want to have us now if we have any watermelon experts that that want to (laughs) check in and text us 312-981-7200 with uh, any watermelon you know max that we interviewed last week on the show he's he's we should he's a watermelon guy we should find out to get max yeah and say why is this happening max and what can we do about it we'll work on that we're going to talk about some important stuff and get our mind off it okay we're talking about important stuff? Well, yeah. Yeah, kind of important because this is our segment where we do talk about computers and technology and tech news. And a couple times a month, we are lucky enough to have Dr. Patrick Crispin join us on the radio. He's the Director of Educational Technology, Keck School of Medicine of USC, and he's been with us for decades. We've watched him grow up on the radio, <laughs> and he's with us tonight. How are you doing, Patrick? I am frustrated, by the way. Why? Absolutely frustrated. Four days ago, FEMA, in conjunction with the Federal Communications Commission, did this nationwide test of the emergency alert system. Yeah. I did not become a zombie. You I'm did. I'm really, really disappointed. You know. Well, and, and Patrick, like, like you, we even went and we got our new COVID vaccine shots. 
just in case because, things happen. Because on we that thought day. that the, that if we got the shots, that we would be implanted. Yes. And then yeah. when the test went off, that we'd be you know, ready. Yeah. I got to say though, Patrick, I was so frustrated because I was doing as a public service, sharing with all my friends. Do not be alarmed at one twenty in the afternoon, and the alarm sounded at one eighteen. They but have see, one freaking <laughs> job to do, and but, they miss the time. Yeah. I, I I was not at all surprised at this. This just proved to me that there is consistency in the way the government operates. Why do I say this? Because back in the Stone Age, before I got into radio, I was a <clears throat> vibration measurement engineer. For the government. Took seismograph readings of dynamite blasts. And that's why he is the way he is today. <laughs> I was hired. Our company was hired. Uh, this was back in the mid-60s. The uh, Army Corps of Engineers was doing some blasting out around 130th on the south side. They were deepening the uh, Little Calumet River. Now, right on either side, you have a number of structures. One of them was, uh, it was either Republic Steel or Wisconsin Steel. So, we were hired by the Army Corps of Engineers to take seismograph readings of their dynamite blast. So, if the dynamite blast goes off, and Republic Steel or Wisconsin Steel or somebody said, "Oh, your blast caused a, a wall to fall down," we would look back at the seismograph reading and say, "No, this couldn't have done that." And we were told, "Okay, now the blast will be going off, for example, at uh, at twelve fifteen." Okay, we get set up, get everything's ready, and at twelve fourteen we're going to turn it on, which is why they blasted at twelve thirteen. <laughs> so you didn't I even mean, get to take cover. It, it was <laughs> this was the no, we finally figured. Okay, we just better let this thing run for a good two minutes before. And hide. Yes. Yeah. But so there was complete consistency with this yeah. past Wednesday's test. Okay. Well. And there, there were people all over the country saying, but I didn't hear anything. Well, what happened? Why did Well, anyway, we had fun talking about it last week, too. One of the things that we talked about on the show last week, Patrick, you were kind enough to join us on your off week uh, to talk about this business of Facebook pages being hijacked. Yeah. And we yeah. talked with Anthony in particular because his mother, his deceased mother's page, had been stolen away by a woman who changed the first name on that page, but mm-hmm. kept his last name and kept him as her son and kept all her pictures up there. And we said, this is infuriating. What can you do? And we learned there's not a whole lot you can do, but you can try to protect your Facebook page by what's called two-factor authentication. And so, Patrick... Because of our conversation last week, a lot of folks said, can we go over it once again? How do we set up two-factor authentication? And I guess we should specifically talk about Facebook. And then you can do it for your bank accounts and everything else, and you should. But specifically when it comes to Facebook, how do we go about doing it? Uh, It's actually really simple. Let me tell you how to do it, and then we'll explain what you're doing. There is a website that you need to go to. It's accounts center.facebook.com. That's plural for accounts, by the way, A-C-C-O-U-N-T-S, center.facebook.com. So when you go there, 
You go to accountcenter.facebook.com. On the left-hand side, you're going to see a bunch of different links, and one of them is password and security. And when you click on that, you'll have the option to turn on two-factor authentication. What happens is when you click on two-factor authentication, it shows you all of your Facebook accounts and your Instagram account. It doesn't show you your Threads account, but that's because that's an Instagram account. But mm-hmm. you choose which account you want to turn two-factor authentication on. I recommend doing it for all of your Facebook and Instagram accounts. And then you have to enter your account password and then follow the on-screen prompt, and you are absolutely ready to go. Um, I, it's just really simple. We'll go over this again, and I'll, I'll give it to Steve and Johnny so they can post it on their website, but it's accountcenter.facebook.com. So it's not account center, but account center. It's really confusing. Um, that Facebook.com, click on, click on password and security, and it is simple to set up. So what are you doing when you do this? Well, we all know that you have a username and a password. We all have username and passwords everywhere. What you need is an extra level of precaution, an extra level of sort of security that you're going to be adding to your account. And you're going to do it through something called a time-based one-time password. It's a temporary password that's in addition, in addition to your username and your regular password, there's going to be one extra password that you have to type in mm-hmm. that is temporary and it's not going to last forever and you kind of get it through a bunch of different ways to do it. In fact, there are a bunch of different ways for you to get this special time-based one-time password um, you can get it through email. Some sites allow a phone call. Um, if you have a really advanced site, you can use something called Universal Two Factor or something like the YubiKey. Um, Apple actually has proprietary ways to do it in iCloud, but the two most popular ways for you to get this time based one time password are SMS, text messaging, mm-hmm. or an authenticator app. Text messaging, horrible horrible idea. In fact, you're used to getting these text messages saying, okay, here's this temporary password that I just said to enter it in so that you've got your username and password. Now you have to type in this code. The problem is those text messages are really easy to intercept. Oh, no. And through, yeah. <sighs> it's so it's the way that we've all started out yes. getting these these extra te- these extra security passes, and it turns out it's really unsafe. If somebody's targeting you through something called SIM swapping, where they contact the company and say, "Hi, I'm Johnny Putman, um, and I can't get into my account. Can you give me another SIM card, or could you redirect all the all the messages that go to Johnny to my telephone number?" And here's a hundred dollars. Can you do it? And it happens. It happens a lot. And if that happens and a person has your username and your password and now your telephone number, you have no protection whatsoever. Oh, my Okay, let, let, let me jump in here for a second, Patrick, and, <gasps> oh. and ask if I'm doing it the right way because I've had this happen before where, for whatever reason, I would want to change my Facebook password. I do that. Yep. And then it says, okay, now we can either send you, as you said, a text or we can email you, and I always tell them to email me, and they email exactly. me with a safer what, way to do it. it, yep. it email they email better. me the code, and then I just enter the code, and there we go. 
Well, I've but been the best way to do. Oh, go ahead. I, I, I'm, I'm frustrated because I'm not only using Google Chrome, but I'm taking text <laughs> for my two-factor authentication, <laughs> and I am just really troubled. I am and troubled because I, everything I'm doing is wrong, and yet I talk to you all the time. So. We're talking tech and um, tech news and how technology affects you and how we can protect ourselves. That seems to be the theme in 2023 is protecting yourself in in cyberspace, whether it's in social media or whatever it is. You, you, we have to become more proactive in protecting ourselves. And we're talking with Patrick Crispin. Uh, we're talking about uh, specifically at this point, Facebook hijacking and two-factor authentication, and uh, we got to the point of, okay, you don't really want to have them send you a text. It's an option, but people can still get that. Uh, Email's better, but then, Patrick, you were going to say, but the grand prize goes to what? (laughs) Authenticator apps. If you have an authenticator app running on your mobile device, good example of this is Google Authenticator. Absolutely old program, been around forever, absolutely free of charge. It's a pretty simple thing to set up. You scan a little QR code with your uh, with with your phone, and then every thirty seconds, it generates a new code for that particular login. It makes life so much easier, and it's almost impossible for somebody to hack. Because the nice thing about Google Authenticator is there's no cloud backups. It's not even if somebody breaks into Google, they're never going to get your 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 time-based one-time password. They're not going to know what that You can use that on your phone. Can you also use it on your laptop or desktop? You need a phone for this one. Okay, yep. so that's this is what I'm looking for. I have Google Authenticator, the app on my phone, yep. but I didn't know how to use it. So It's it, really simple to do. What you do is you open up Google Authenticator. Mm-hmm. You'll see a little plus sign in it where you say, you know, add something. You go to a site that allows two-factor authentication, you say, "Hey, I want to use Google Authenticator." Oh. It will show a QR code in the in the app or in the website, and then you go and scan it in Google Authenticator. And then from now on, you'll just get a new code sitting in the app every thirty seconds wow. for every place that you use. It's wonderful. I use it for a couple dozen sites. Okay, now the, very the, very secure. The, let me go back to the desktop or laptop. What if you're not using your phone? What is the equivalent of that to be used on your desktop or your laptop? The the one that I actually really recommend is Duo, D-U-O. You can go to duo.com. There is a free version of it, but if you are willing to upgrade to the $3 a month version called Essentials, it really kind of bypasses that and and, um, it will send post notifications and it works on... You can name any sort of device it runs on, Hmm. and it's sort of becoming the new standard for two-factor authentication with extra bells and whistles. Again, Google Authenticator is plain vanilla, absolutely free of charge, doesn't have a lot of bells and whistles. It just works. Uh, Duo, which is actually what we use at USC, uh, is fantastic if you want to get extra bells and whistles. I just very strongly recommend doing that. Okay. The big thing to remember is... uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. If you have an authenticator app, Google Authenticator, Duo, or whoever it is, you need to save the recovery codes for that app. In oh. other words, these are the special secret password codes for that app. Because if you ever 
lose your phone or lose your device, you need to know that code to be able to get into all of your passwords that have been saved. Okay. The other thing is, if you change your phone, moving from one phone to another mm-hmm. takes a few seconds in Google Authenticator because you have to download all of your, your, sort of your security codes. It's not the passwords, but the security codes for it and re-upload it. I remember when I got my last phone, I was in the Apple store and it took me a about 15 minutes to do it, there's now an easy way to do it. But you do need to remember that when you're, tra- when you're trading your, com- your phone in, you want to make sure that your authenticator app logins are copied over to the new phone. Okay, let, now let me segue for a second. Would you be able to store your authenticator apps in something like one password, password. or something like that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's, a, it's basically just a series of text codes that you need to know, and you can save it into one password or any password manager. You can save it in Dropbox. You can save it anywhere in a secured computer, secured uh, folder on your computer. Uh, you can print it out and just put it in your desktop. So it's, but you just need those recovery codes to back up. So the big thing to remember is you need to turn on two-factor authentication everywhere mm-hmm. uh, to find out where to get where all the sites are that that support two-factor authentication i mean if you get a web page address that seems a little weird it doesn't have dot com in it so just be aware this does not have dot com it's two f a dot directory i've never heard of the directory domain before but apparently two f a dot directory is a list of all of the websites pretty much around the world wow. that will allow you to turn on two-factor authentication. And more importantly, they have instructions on how to do it. Huh. So, so that's two efficient factor. Go and sign up for. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Two. So, so it's it's two F is in factor, A is in authentication, dot, dot directory. directory. Okay, we're going to have to take, take a break for news, and we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about this business of um, password manage, managers. And uh, I'm going to quickly say that I know one of the reasons why I hesitated to get involved with the Google Authenticator app was that I was scared of QR codes. Because remember, not long ago, we were told, oh, things can happen when you've got Q. Am I right, Patrick? Yes, but we can talk when we get back why okay. that's not necessarily as true as you might think. All right. Well, I just wanted to say that so I... So the have... answer is a definite maybe. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm so confused. Oh, we're going to take a break for news. Stay with us. We'll get back to Tech Talk with Dr. Patrick Crispin here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. I like that, Julian. Who is that? That is from our good friends, Kraftwerk. Ah. And the song is called? Computer Love. Okay. <laughs> Clever title. Just that when we think that we have uncovered all of the computer songs, Julian comes up with another goodie for us. We are talking about technology. This is the segment of the show that we do a couple times a month with Dr. Patrick Crispin. And we're trying to cover a lot of ground tonight because there's a bunch of stuff that's going on. And we're kind of repeating some of the things that came up last week because people said, I wasn't prepared for all that important stuff to be lobbed at me. So I just posted the instructions that Patrick just gave us on how to set up two-factor authentication on your Facebook page. So on our Stephen Johnny Show Facebook page, you will see I've posted the step-by-step instructions that Patrick just sent me. Now, 
When we last talked with Patrick, we touched on the business of password managers, and that's something we talked about last week. And a bunch of people said, oh, this just sounds so scary, and I don't know if I can do this. And so Patrick's going to take a few minutes here and and repeat for us, what is a password manager, Patrick, and which one do you recommend that we use? I'm using 1Password. Um, there's also Bitwarden and a couple other ones out there. I do not, N-O-T, not recommend LastPass. Uh, they had a massive security breach recently, and they didn't handle it very well. And so a lot of people have left them. I used to be a LastPass user. I'm now a 1Password user. What a password manager is, it's a special program that runs within your web browser. So it's a browser add-on. And anytime you try to go log into a web page, you know how your browser says, hey, do you want me to remember this username and password? It usually stores it either into the browser or stores it on your computer. Mm -hmm. What it does is it actually stores your username and password encrypted from end to end on the cloud. And what it does is it's absolutely perfectly safe. And what's great about that is if somebody steals your physical computer walks out the door with it, your accounts and passwords are still going to be safe and locked up online because no one's going to be able to open it on your computer because they don't have the special password or your thumbprint or whatever to open it. Mm -hmm. And you, when you get your new computer, can just go and say, okay, I'm going to continue using these accounts. It sounds really complicated at first, but it really isn't. As you log into more and more web pages, it, re- it will remember all the pages you write, you log into. Mm-hmm. And after a while, as you're setting up new accounts and you go to a new website and you create a username and password, your password manager will actually remember that. And if you want to, you can have your password manager create the password for you. Just a random set of characters that you don't know. And that's actually probably the safest way for you to protect your passwords is for you to not know any password. None. So the so the only, only password, password you know the the only password you would need to remember is the one that you would use to get into one, one password, password with. It it is your master password for one password and I recommend in that case don't use a password, use a passphrase or a pass sentence. Mm-hmm. Something that means something to you but that you couldn't get in from you know putting in a directory or putting it in putting in a telephone book or putting in you know passwords from a whole bunch of cracked websites right so you might want to say um you know the cab overheated in las vegas <laughs> <laughs> which to you you know to us we, that makes sense yes because it happened exactly <laughs> that happened and it was hot um but it's something that, you know, no one would ever guess. Perfect sentences are absolutely perfect. The more words that are better. And just have a master password that you can easily remember. Then from then on, you don't need to know your passwords. And I'm not joking. Most of the websites that I log into, I have no idea what my passwords are mm-hmm. because I let my password manager set it for me. Uh, I'll give you an example of, of something that I have done in the past. I will take a particular guitar. I will start out with the year of that guitar. Then I will use the model of the guitar, which chances are is a particular series of numbers, and then add just a couple other things uh, along with exclamation points and question marks, 
And it's the kind of thing that nobody else would remember, but it's but real you. easy for me. Yeah, yeah. Now, Patrick, I went to one, and it's the number one, not O-N-E, the number yep. one password.com. I went there. It cost you uh, a little bit as an individual or as a family, correct? Yes, that's correct. And it looks like it's a buck forty nine for one password as an individual and two forty nine for one password for a family, and you can have up to five guests. Uh, up to five, okay. yep, up yeah. to five people into in it. So that's actually what I did. So I set it up, and, and I've got it so that uh, Christine has it, and then Steve and Johnny will actually get into it when when we call. I think we're going to talk tomorrow and get them yeah. set up. <laughs> now, I, I've got a, an email that came in last week after you were with us, and the listener said. So Patrick says that Chrome is no good, and I use Chrome and Password <laughs> Messenger, and the guru doesn't like Chrome. So what does he recommend, and how do I switch my Google Password <laughs> Messenger to a different Password Messenger like 1Password? So and, you, and, I, and let me jump in here. And if I understood you correct, Patrick, uh, it's not only that you might want to start using Firefox a little more, but you want to tell whatever browser you are using, you want to tell it to forget every single password. You never want to store passwords on your browser. Yes, especially if it's Google Chrome. There is a critical flaw in Google Chrome that is actively being used by malware authors to steal all of the passwords that you have saved in Google Chrome. And we know this because we've seen infected computers, and the first thing that the that the malware does is it opens up Google Chrome on the infected computer and goes and looks for the usernames and passwords and downloads them and then tries to hack into the other different websites. It is a known issue. There is no fix. The only fix is one, stop saving passwords in Google Chrome, uh, saving them in the password manager or Apple Keychain, and then only after you have kind of gotten a password manager, you're ready to go in, you copied the usernames and passwords into your password manager, delete those passwords in the Chrome. Now, that sounds really complicated. It turns out it isn't. What you can do is in Chrome... You can export your passwords from Chrome to your desktop as a CSV file, a comma separate value file. By the way, if you know anything about security, the fact that someone can get into Chrome and export your username and passwords as a text file, that, that's scary as hell. Mm-hmm. That, that's ridiculous. But the fact that it's so insecure makes it so easy for you to import this then into one password. In fact, if you're using one password, there's a website you can just search for move your password from Chrome to one password. If you're using Bitwarden, import data from Google Chrome. There's step-by-step instructions, but step number one is you open up Google Chrome, you export your usernames and passwords, save it to a text file on your computer. I can't believe you're saying that word. It's a text file. Um, and then import that into your new password manager. And you just do it all in one fell swoop. Once you do that, then you can go and delete them. I'll send Johnny the instructions on how to do that. But I really strongly recommend that if you've saved your passwords in Chrome, you got to stop it. And if you then import them into one password, I'm assuming, but never assume, but I am assuming that one password then changes those passwords to whatever it chooses to do, and all you need is your master password to get into one password. 
it doesn't change the password. You have to go into into one password a bit more and, and change it. So all it's going to do is it's going to be a lift and dump. So it's going to take it from from Google Chrome, put it into your password manager. If you need to want, if you need to change your passwords, you have to do that within one password. And there's actually buttons within one password which will connect you to the to the remote website and change your password. Okay, let, let, probably, let me I, let me hold you on this point for a second because if the the bad guys have already obtained your passwords through Google Chrome, then even if you are putting those passwords into one password, you should change them. But I thought you said you can also allow one password to change them into something that you don't know. You can, but you have to go in one password and do it. So you Manually activate it. Eat by password by password. And the thing is, we don't know if the bad people have your passwords yet. We don't know if there's malware on your computer that has given right. your, your Chrome passwords to somebody, somebody right. else. So don't assume that they have your passwords yet. Assume that if they get into your computer, they're going to get your Chrome passwords. Mm-hmm. So it's better for you to just get out of that world right now all, uh, and get ready. I do think down the road, and it's a really good piece of hygiene, no matter where you've transferred your username and passwords from, be it from Chrome or if you're an old LastPass user, eventually you need to spend 10 minutes a day for a couple weeks and just pick a couple username and passwords and change the passwords and and really then go to the machine-generated, completely random character uh, password that no human would ever know or be able to guess, and it's a much safer way. Okay, excellent advice. We've got some more ground to cover with Patrick Crispin right after this on WGN. I recommend computers, they can make you groove like I bet you never knew. Did you? Steve King and Johnny Putman on WGN Radio. What the heck is this, Julian? I love it. It's trippy, right? Yeah. This is Computer Talk by Austin Yo. Austin Yo A U S T E N Y O Computer wow. I like that. Yeah, that was groovy. <laughs> groovy is the operative word too. Far out. <laughs> Radical man. <laughs> We're talking technology and there's so much ground to cover. Uh, pa- Dr. Patrick Crispin is with us and Patrick you'll love this text from 630 uh, Sue in Naperville says hi him and her for years Patrick has done two things whenever I hear him he's amazed me with all that he knows and scared the crap out of me so thanks so much all three of you <laughs> I edited that Sue thank you all right uh, so see. many things to get to. Yes. In fact, I want to get to yeah. 646. It says, once I get Facebook two-factor authenticator, will I have to enter the password every time I sign into Facebook? That's a darn good question. Nope. It's a it's a great question. No, what will happen is it'll save your it'll save a persistent cookie on your on your computer, and then I forget how often Facebook does it. It's like every six months or something like that. It might ask you for your username and password, and then when you try to log in, it will then say, "Okay, give me your authenticator code as well." Uh, but you know, it's a it's a persistent login, so you don't have to do it every time. Okay, good, good question. Thank you very much for texting in with that at six four six. We did want to spend a few minutes and talk about this thing that yeah, the, the, this uh, change that happened. 
Yeah. They ticked uh, me off because the other morning I walked into the office and I sat down at our desktop and I went, what? We use Thunderbird. And I, I love Thunderbird. I've been using it for years. But now, they this week, they said, okay, you're used to Thunderbird. We're going to now give you Thunderbird Supernova. <clears throat> it's supposed to be the beautiful the most beautiful release of Thunderbird ever. Now, this is what we use for our email. Uh, you don't use Thunderbird, uh, do you, Patrick? I don't, and, and it's uh, it, it, it's a nice program. It's kind of an also-ran in the, in the email program business, but they, they've made some major changes. <laughs> Thunderbird is 20 years old. It, it's an old program, and it desperately, desperately needed a refresh because it in effect, needed a complete rewrite. There's just a lot of technical debt built into the code where stuff has been added over the years and then added more stuff, and then they added more stuff, and then it just like, oh, this 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 is really not very stable or fast or not very modern. So they're, they're trying to start over, and more importantly, they're trying to take on Microsoft Outlook, which is the 800-pound gorilla in the yeah. world. So back in July... Thunderbird 115 came out, and it is a new modern interface and supposedly going to make the software more reliable. But if you're used to the old interface, (laughs) it's a new interface. It is a completely new, different way of doing everything. (laughs) And and, uh, some of the reasons that I've stuck with Thunderbird, A, not as many people who are trying to hack Outlook are concerned with hacking Thunderbird. So I'm good with that. B, it's always worked well for me. Right. So I'm good with that. Now, I also learned that as as they made these big changes, they did say, for you veterans, we offer you the legacy look of Thunderbird. So it can still, because that's what freaked me out when I I looked at the, I went, oh, this mail doesn't look right. And then I see Supernova. Yay. We're new. We're improved. And then I said, oh, "Okay," yeah. and, I, and I'm fine with the new stuff. I, I've because you know I understand that they've made some changes they needed to make to make it more secure, mm-hmm. uh, more up to date. So fine, let's go with that. And a better uh, user experience because I mean it gives you sort of a preview where you see the message and then the two lines of the messages underneath. So it's, it's a really it's a it's a good step forward. But again. They're not done yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you're used to the old system, yeah. <laughs> so what email program do you use? I use, um, for work email, I use Microsoft Outlook, which is pretty much the standard for business. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on my mobile devices, it's uh, Apple Mail. And I use Apple Mail connected to my work email. So mm-hmm. I do have Outlook running on my iOS device, but I tend to just use Apple Mail for all of my accounts, including my Gmail accounts, um, they just all come to my Apple Mail account because it just it's there on my iPhone. So basically, if you're a Thunderbird user, just you, you can go with the legacy look of things, mm-hmm. yeah. but it might not be the worst thing in the world to kind of get, get a feel for, for what this is. Yeah. Speaking of new things, thanks to Patrick, I am now on Blue Sky. <laughs> and Steve was excited about that, and I went, Really? One more thing to be concerned with, Blue Sky is what, Patrick? Blue Sky is yet another social media on Twitter, because that's exactly what we just do not have enough social media. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
Um, and it's it's still invite only right now. There is a wait list, and wait list is ridiculously long. I will tell you, a lot of people that I used to follow on Twitter, especially over on the law Twitter side of the shop, that would be Akiba Cohen, um, Popat, which is Ken White, and, and some of the other uh, journalists who follow legal matters, are over on Blue Sky, so it kind of felt like going home. I was really happy with that. Hmm. Um, but, you know, Again, if you think about it, we now have Twitter, now X, Threads, Post, LinkedIn for a lot of people, Pebble, Instagram, Blue Sky, Facebook. It's like, oh, good lord. <laughs> and I am on all of those. <laughs> and when, yeah, when, when Steve puts together a post for the show, he posts it on all of those sites. And I'm like, while you're at it, why didn't you just post it on my page, too? Keep me from doing it. <laughs> but, but, but for the moment, just from, and I've only been on Blue Sky, thanks to Patrick, for a couple of days. I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. I, I like the look of it. I like I've, I'm uh, finding some interesting people there. And uh, so, once you get on, you can invite other people. Is that how it works? No, you have to be g- given an invitation code to then send to someone else. Oh, but uh, after a couple of days, every couple of days, if you go into your settings, you will then see that you can have you can invite a friend. And I think every week or two for the you know. <laughs> When you start off, you get like one code. So I got one code just the other day, and uh, I invited Steve. So how Johnny, nice. you're next, I promise. Oh, no, no, but really, don't do me any favors. <laughs> Share it with somebody who deserves it. I don't, okay? <laughs> All right, Patrick, before we run out of time, a uh, listener... Well, one of the other things I'm curious about, and Patrick, uh, can we keep you for a minute or two after the news? Of course. Okay, because there's a lot of things we want to get to. One of the things I'm curious about is... Uh, why the heck is Alexa saying that the uh, the last election wasn't uh, the right election? That it was stolen. That it was Alexa stolen. apparently yeah. for a while was actually saying that the 2020 election was stolen. What the heck is that all about? Um, yeah. It <laughs> okay, let, let's, use, let's use that as the tease. <laughs> oh, boy, yeah. that's a good one. Alexa and election coverage. Yes. So uh, that and more coming up, and uh, you can get to us three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. We're we're getting into the final moments, and uh, we got a lot of ground to cover. We do. You know, we got like fifty pounds of programming that we're going to squeeze into this tiny little bag. More coming up on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. After all these years, this still knocks me out. One man, one guitar. Tommy Emanuel. And Tommy's going to be live in the studio with us next week. Yep. Again, a reminder, the uh, the first part of our show is going to be kind of a best-of thing, assuming we have any best-ofs. <laughs> uh, that'll be from about 9.30 until uh, roughly 11 or 11.30, uh, because uh, Johnny has a reunion. Mm-hmm to attend next week then we're gonna jump in here live about 11 or 11 30 and after tommy emmanuel finishes up his performance at the park west he's gonna bring his guitar and his fingers mm-hmm. and hang out with us in the and studio his energy and his energy yeah. oh my gosh T- tommy is just uh, he's a force of nature 
Yeah, we call him Tigger for a reason. Yeah. He's, he's like, Winnie yep. the Pooh's Tigger. Hoppy, 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 hopping all around. <laughs> and we're very, very lucky to have him in here next week. Yeah. So we hope you'll be with us. Uh, we uh, A few more computer things to, to get to with uh, Patrick Crispin, who's been nice enough to hang out with us for a couple more minutes. And uh, one of the things we were teasing just before we broke for the news was uh, Alexa saying, oh, that last election, that wasn't right. It was uh, stolen. Yeah. So, uh, now, Washington Post reported this uh, today. I, and frankly, I'm surprised it's not bigger news. I know the Washington Post is a big uh, publication. but So what was your thought when you first heard about this, Patrick? Well, I think my first thought was I probably don't want to be asking Alexa where she was on January 6th. Right. Yes. <laughs> here's the thing. Your smart speakers, they are not necessarily connected to a dictionary or encyclopedia. They're connected to the Internet. And because they're connected to the Internet, the information that they find sometimes is crowdsourced. And in this case, it looks like Alexa was using Substack and Rumble, which tend to lean right to find the answer to questions like this. I do want to say that there is sort of a confirmation bias if you ask a loaded question the AI that's powering Alexa is trying to please you, so it kind of gives you the answer oh. that you're looking for. Really? So huh. Any loaded questions, you're going to get some some biased information. Um, it, Alexa really has already been programmed now. If you ask it about who won the last election, it's going to sit there and say, I'm sorry, I'm not able to answer that. i got to tell you, that's just as bad yeah. because the correct answer is, you know, I know who won the last election. There's no question about it. Right. So, you know. And, and if you have yeah. any doubt about who won the last election, uh, turn off your radio now. Stop listening to us. <laughs> Biden won the last election. Yeah, I know we're ticking off some people right now. I don't care if we are. If you're ticked off by that, please go someplace else. I guess I was ticked off by this story because I thought that that basically they were saying this is a place where you can go to get information and the way you describe it is absolutely right it's gathering information from the internet so it's 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 not going to be the it's crowdsourced yeah crowd yeah. crowdsource is the word i'm yeah. looking for absolutely well I, I didn't know that substack was a right-leaning i never pay that much attention to it so that's why i didn't it mostly know is there are a lot of right right right-leaning people on there i will tell you there are some liberals on there kurt eichenwald is far liberal um great great business journalist um he writes there but it turns out that Substack does lead right Mm -hmm. and and uh, as you say right now if you were to ask the that question of alexa she's not going to give you the answer that she might have given you a couple of weeks ago but what a great party game you all sit around (laughs) in the living room and ask alexa these important questions and see how she answers you Okay, speaking... It's so much easier just to say, you know, can you make animal noises? That's much more (laughs) thrilling. That's right. (laughs) But but again, doesn't this underscore something we've said for years? Use the Internet as a place to start your search. Never accept the answers that you get without verifying those answers. They, They give you an interesting set of uh, of answers then verify those answers 
But it's so yeah, much just easier. because you see it in multiple websites doesn't mean it's actually correct. It turns out there's a lot of disinformation and misinformation out there that's posted in multiple different places to give you the idea that, oh, yes, this is legitimate. It's everywhere. And it's the same people saying the same thing over and over okay. again. Okay. This is a perfect point for us to swing over to back to Facebook and the hoax of injured animals being posted <laughs> on Facebook. Yeah. And lo and behold, those sad-looking injured animal pictures may very well be a hoax of some kind. Right, Patrick? Yeah, it's called a bait-and-switch scam. What happens is somebody posts something on Facebook that looks, you know, tugs at your heartstrings, and it's like, oh, I have to share this with everybody I know. So it's, oh, there's a sick animal, or oh, there's a there's a dying animal, or oh, you know, look at this sad thing, share it with everybody. Mm-hmm. So once you do share that with everybody... They, the people who created the scam kind of count on your friends maybe not checking Facebook as often as you do. And they'll go back in and edit the post. And instead of the post where it says, oh, here's a sick animal, it's like, hey, I found this, re- I found this really great investment site for you. Or, <laughs> hey, I've got this rental property for you. Or, hey, I've got this crypto, uh, crypto that mm-hmm. I can sell you. You forwarded it already to your friends because... You were forwarding, hey, there's a sick animal, and they go back and change it. Well, and a lot of these people who are scammers are embedded in their in the post when they edit it, links to some sort of malware that then gets into your computer. If you really want to share this information, don't, you know, first of all, don't. But if you have to, don't actually click the reshare button in Facebook. What you want to do is take a screenshot of that original text message and share that. That way, somebody can't go back and edit it. You can use ah. the snipping tool in Windows, hit mm-hmm. the Windows and the S key on the Mac, it's Command-Shift-F4, and just take a picture of the of that message and then share that. Mm-hmm. And that way, you are, you're protected where if somebody goes back and edits that original post, guess what? You didn't share the original post, you shared a picture of the original post. Excellent idea. Okay, in closing, a listener from 630 says, can you ask Patrick, what is the magic word to connect a Jabra Elite (laughs) 10 set of earbuds to my iPhone 14? I've tried and I've had no luck. And that's from Jan. Is there a magic word? Yeah, it's not a magic word. There's actually you're going to put your your Jabra into Bluetooth pairing mode, and you do that by pressing and holding the power button and the volume button at the same time for like three or four seconds until it start until it starts blinking. Then you go into your phone, go into Bluetooth, and it should show up there. If not, you might have to go into uh, Google and search for the Jabra pairing guide. Okay, well, good. I think we've covered a lot of ground tonight. Yeah. And as always, we really appreciate your joining us. And the listeners say, I'm thankful that we have podcasts because I'm trying to take all this in and I can't do it. (laughs) And I have visions of people lying in bed going, my head, I'm trying. And I'm sitting here in the studio and I'm saying the same thing. Patrick, thank you so much. What's the outing you and uh, Joseph are going on tomorrow? Some cool place you're going? We're going to go to the USS Iowa in uh, San Pedro and kind of tour the Iowa, the battleships. Huh. Is it always there? Yeah. I had no idea. Permanently moored. So, yep. Okay. Well, take pictures, okay? I shall. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Good night. That's Patrick Crispin. And, uh, wow. Again, if, if like us, if you're saying, huh? How do I remember all that? Write down this Steve and Johnny 
www.wordpress.com. steveandjohnny.wordpress.com. That's the address for our blog. And within the next 48 hours, uh, our latest, our new blog will have a link to the podcast for this show and a link to all the bumps for the show and maybe a few notes about some of the stuff that we talked about. And when you say links, you actually mean you can click on it and hear yeah. the songs that we're mm-hmm. using. And you're only hearing a couple of seconds of the songs, but we whet your appetite and hopefully expose you to some new music, too. And after we take this break, since it is October... And we're getting close to Halloween. Maybe we'll have to do a, uh, a, a scary story. I like uh, it. Stick okay. around and uh, see what happens. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Well, tis October, and we're only a couple weeks away from Halloween. And for many years, as we got into the month of October, we uh, would spend a little time uh, playing a bit of a scary story because you like to see me scared because well, i get scared easily well because but now we suggest as you listen to this first of all turn off the lights okay now now sit with your back to the radio okay you turned around all right and keep repeating, it's only a story. It's only a story. It's only a story. Will it give us nightmares? Are you one of the frightened? Have you ever imagined someone was following you, caught a glimpse of a strange face in the crowd behind you, and then that face mysteriously seems to be with you wherever you go? Sylvester Dodge had just such an experience. Walk with me a bit, and I'll tell you about Sylvester and his man in the raincoat. Sylvester Dodge was a man like you or me. He worked as a bookkeeper in a Wall Street office, and for many years he was saving for the day when he could afford his trip to Europe, away from ledgers and bank balances and adding machines. Finally, the last week of daily toil approached, and anticipation thrilled his fat little body as he boarded the Lexington Avenue local. The big vacation loomed on his horizon as the reward of a dreary lifetime. It was then that Sylvester Dodge first noticed the man in the raincoat with the curiously shaped umbrella. Something about the man made Sylvester shudder. The man's face was a deathly white, and the hands surrounding the handle of the umbrella were like great claws. The flesh of the fingers were horribly gnarled and ghastly green. Sylvester could not bear to look at him, But even in turning away, he felt the eyes of the man boring into his back like twin beams of awful light. You know the feeling, don't you? Someone who's looking at you, staring at you, eyeing you with such a terrible concentration that you want to scream or cry out, Stop! Stop! When the train reached the station, Sylvester rushed from his car like a man released from prison. 
The man in the subway had shocked him, but then again, you do meet all kinds of people in New York, don't you? And so Sylvester Dodge began the five-block walk to his office. The sun was out, April breezes caressed the stone buildings and people hustled along with spring steps. But Sylvester had that curious feeling that I mentioned to you. Someone was following him. He felt eyes peering at his back, could feel somebody's interest and attention focused on his rounded body hurrying through the crowd. He found himself walking faster, faster. He stopped for a street light, panting for air. He turned. A deathly white face in the crowd bobbed like a Halloween skeleton and vanished. Sylvester Dodge whirled and raced across the street, his coat tails flying. He stopped again a block away from his office and flung a backward look. There was the man in the raincoat, waving his claw-like hand in greeting the the umbrella dangling from the wrist. Something pounded in Dodge's skull. Desperately, he raced the remaining block and fell against the building wall, gasping for breath. He turned slowly, fighting for his reason, but no, there was the man with the raincoat, a scant ten yards away, coming towards him. The ghastly face was smiling, the umbrella was outstretched, almost as if it was seeking something. Sylvester Dodge pushed out from the wall and left the protection of the building. At that precise moment, the grand piano that was being hoisted to the office on the fourth floor swung awkwardly on its pulley, the rope snapped, and its great weight crashed to the sidewalk. Sylvester Dodge to his death. So you see, poor Sylvester tried to run away from his fate and dodged in the wrong direction, all because he had the silly notion that someone was following him. Well, uh, I'll leave you here, my friend. Uh, huh? Oh, you don't think my face is so awfully white, do you? Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I seem to have dropped my umbrella. Would you mind very much handing it to me? Boris Karloff. That's from a, an album that he recorded for Chicago's Mercury Records back in the 60s. I think about 61 or 62. Something like that. Mm-hmm. It was called Tales of the Frightened. And it just, What a great voice. Oh, yeah. Have yes. fun going to sleep tonight after <laughs> that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Gabe, we have some that will, well, they'll turn you inside out. They're so scary. (laughs) Over the next couple weeks, we're going to be playing some scary stories. And the show that we will do just before Halloween. The 28th. We're going to be replaying what I believe was the last interview with Chicago's ghost hunter, Richard Crow, And he will, will play him retelling the Resurrection Mary story. Among other 
stories yeah. that have I've heard that story so many times I since know. since I was a kid. Yeah. Have you ever heard Richard Crow, the Chicago's ghost hunter, tell the story? The name sounds familiar. Yeah. I, I'm sure I've probably heard him speak or read something from him at some point. I just don't fully remember, but the name's familiar. We would have Richard in with us uh, a lot of times on Halloween, mm-hmm. and he would have come from tours. one of his ghost tours. And he gave ghost tours of uh, Chicago cemeteries. And various places around Chicago, whether they be uh, taverns or whatever, that were haunted. And uh, he had a lot of things to back up the uh, the stories. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and this was back in the day when people would take their cameras with them and you could catch things on film that you, uh, I guess you cannot catch on mm-hmm. your cell phone camera. And he would bring in documentation of crazy things that he would see walking around cemeteries. And what was the story? Was it at Resurrection Cemetery where uh, he was able to get the bars? No, he tried to buy he, he, the bars of the gate that were looked like the hands had grabbed two of the bars and tried pulling them apart. And apparently the Vatican... Uh, the the see, archdiocese. Yeah, I, I thought no. the archdiocese said no, but then somehow years later he was able really? to get a hold of him. Yeah, I'm going to have to do some research on. Yeah, because that. that that was just a creepy story. He he heard about these wrought iron bars looking like they were pulled apart, rushed out to the cemetery. They were going to replace them, and my recollection was he tried to buy them. And what was the night that we had Richard on? We were talking about Resurrection Mary, and we got a call from uh, one of the suburban police departments right. saying that there had apparently been a sighting, sighting that of night Resur- of Resurrection, of Resurrection Mary. Mary walking down Ogden Avenue. Or uh, Archer, I think. Or Archer, was. yes, yeah. of course. I heard it a thousand times. and uh, We were talking earlier about the hotel next to the Paps Theater in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. and that's the Fister, P-F-I-S-T-E-R. Been around for over 100 years, and yeah, it's one of the legendary haunted sites in Milwaukee. Stay with us here on WGN. Shop Better shop around. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN. That's Captain and Tennille. we got to get Tony Tennille on again yeah. sometimes. She, she has a book that good we interview. bought, and uh, it's a great book, too, about her life. Uh, and uh, it was not so great with with the captain, you learn in yeah. the book. Yeah. So shopping. So the question is, are you one of the... of the American public that's already started doing Christmas shopping. 64%. So more than half of us have already started. Julian, are you one of those people? Have you done any Christmas shopping? I haven't even started Halloween shopping. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a big deal because you've got to pick out the right candy. Right? You've got to get the right costume, make sure Mm -hmm. everything fits. Yeah, yes. Um, do you actually wear a costume? I used to make them. Did you really? Yeah, I did a bunch of, I made my own costumes. What, what, your, what kind of costumes yeah, did you make? Yeah, what was your best one? Oh, okay, okay, so. The one that you're proudest of. So I'm a big Batman fanatic. Oh. Good. You bring a Batman belt tonight. I, I, I've, I've been wearing it for years. <laughs> um, so I did a lot of his villains as costumes. Oh. They had very creative outfits. Yeah. And my, one of my favorites was doing the Scarecrow. That is a scary character. Eight, yeah. Yeah. And each time I did it, I did it three times. Each time was scarier. Yeah. Oh, cool. gosh. I'm glad I didn't see you then. <laughs> uh, we need to... Oh, I just thought of something else. We need to uh, check with Dave Marzullo, the web daddy, and have him dig up. 
Oh, our us. Halloween poem. <laughs> yes, and us dressed up as... There is a poem that we've, uh, for years, we've been doing it. We first discovered it uh, back in a former life at another radio station, yeah. and it involved uh, this young ghoul who was being trained, and you pass different, what are supposedly different body parts. You get young kids in a room, and you read this poem. and You scar them early, yeah. basically. And you're, you're passing these things to them that are supposedly body parts. It can be very, very scary, because if you're in a dark room, and suddenly you're holding cold spaghetti noodles, and you're told it's a brain, you know, and you're that age where you've got this active imagination. But in our case, when we were doing this publicly at Pumpkin Fest at Gobert's Pumpkin Farm, we uh, were prepared for a couple of um, boys that were of an age where they were just going to, they were going to. Yeah. Take away all the fun, you know. Oh, that's spaghetti. Oh, those are grapes. Those aren't eyeballs. Well, I was ready for them. And and wasn't it at the point where I said, uh, uh, at this point, they passed a dead man's liver. So guess what I gave them? Real calf's liver. It shut them up real fast. They freaked. <laughs> because they threw it up in the air. And as we're doing this, and we got to find the picture, Johnny is dressed up as Vampira, and I'm dressed up as Dracula. And and we look good and really scary. And we were in a barn, and it was dark in that barn, and the kids were sitting on bales of hay, and we didn't let any adults come in to the barn. So all the kids were dropped off, and we had a couple hundred kids in there with us, and all it took was the four boys that wanted to say, oh, that's candy corn, because they were sniffing everything, right? But when they got calf's liver in their hands, <laughs> and they sniffed it, it was so good. I was so happy because you know it changed them. <laughs> they they had second thoughts the next time they thought that they were going to ruin the fun for everybody else because it's a sweet little poem and mm-hmm. and it works really well. And we've had many people to say they use it for their Girl Scout troops or their Boy Scout troops and yeah. you know a Cub Scouts because if you're that age and you're not so. I don't know, um, jaundiced because you've seen it all at, you know, 12. So now you're six or seven years old, and it's it's really a fun thing to do. It's so we'll post a good little poem. Yes. So back to Christmas shopping. So more than half of us, and I'm one of those people, I've already started doing some Christmas shopping. My problem is I bring the gifts home, I'm excited, and I put them away. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember where I put them. Because really, we're both kind of of a mindset. If during the year, if we see something that looks like it would be appropriate for someone, we try to get it then. Right. And what has happened a couple of times is when I forget where the item is... It's the next year I end up finding it, mm-hmm. and I can give it to them and say, I know this was timely last year, and you had it then. I just couldn't get my hands on it. Wasn't it about a month ago that we were out at my brother's? And he we, <laughs> he had us, we have this big box that we had to bring home because it is a Christmas present for Johnny, 
And it's just this big box, and we brought it. He, it barely, he didn't want to bring it. And, it barely fit in the trunk of our car. Yeah. We had to smoosh it in there. And I maintain that he does this just to aggravate me because he thinks, he thinks I'm going to peek. But, you know, been there, done that. Terribly embarrassed when I blame mm-hmm. my dog for opening presents. This is after you had been chewing on the... Well, I chewed on the end of the package so yeah. it would look like a dog chewed yeah. on it. And then the dog told on me. And I was busted. <laughs> and I was like, the dog did that, not me. And it was all wet. And, and and I was disappointed anyway because it was a stupid music stand. Who wants a music stand when all I wanted was an umbrella? Just a good umbrella. <laughs> but I chewed the end of it. After bl- the last story we heard, you I know, an umbrella? Really? Yeah. Really? I chewed the end of it, and I blamed it on the dog. And so I learned after that, don't do it, because I was so embarrassed and mortified, and the whole family knew about it. And so all through Christmas, they teased me about, chewed any presents lately? And I was seven, and I thought, I'll never do that again. <laughs> so your brother gives me these gifts, and he writes on the box, do not peek until Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I know he thinks I'm going to peek. Now, I did shake it a couple times, but <laughs> I didn't peek. Uh-huh. Uh, listener says, does that research show how many people are giving gifts versus gift cards? This is gift giving. And that's why if you are on Amazon and you use Amazon Prime. Or is it next week? Next there week, are, yeah. Julian, uh, do you do much Amazon Prime shopping? I used to. Yeah. There's a lot um, of camera gear. Oh, yeah. yeah, And you can get things that you can't get anywhere else. That's where we get our CDs because we don't Mm -hmm. have a place to go and buy music. So as we said last week, we probably buy a CD a week uh, on Amazon. But Amazon Prime will have two days next week, Prime Days, where they're going to have these amazing sales. And not to be outdone... Target has already started offering what are the equivalent of Black Friday sales. Mm -hmm. Next week, Walmart will be doing the same thing. Everybody's getting on the bandwagon because they said, you know what? If if Amazon's doing it, then people are out there shopping. And and the research shows that more than half of us are already either doing it or thinking about doing Christmas shopping. Just remember where you put those items when you buy them. That's all I can say from experience. So if you've gone that route, you're not alone. 64%. Yes, yes. And I know gift cards are are really a wonderful gift idea because Mm -hmm. it gives you, well, it gives you peace of mind that what you're giving is going to be enjoyed. I'm kind of iffy on the whole gift card thing. Yeah, it just kind of depends. Yeah, uh, on the person because I used to, or I still like to match the gift to the person. Yeah, well, I I I have had a lot of fun giving gift cards before. I refuse to give them in an envelope. For example, if I were to give um, my dad loved Cracker Barrel, so I would give him a gift card. And the first time I gave him a Cracker Barrel gift card because he could use it down in Florida, I had a box of saltine crackers, and I taped this on the underside of the box, and I wrapped the box up so he had no idea I was getting a gift card. And so it's kind of fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had given a gift card to Olive Garden because an aunt's favorite place to eat was 
was the Olive Garden, so I got a jar of olives. And I put them in a box, and inside the box was Mm -hmm. the Olive Garden gift card. So you can kind of make it a little bit more fun, a little bit more personal that way. What's that noise? What am I hearing? (gasps) Already? And the the lights are starting to flick. Uh, Already? uh, Yep. That's Bob. He's driving that Zamboni, polishing the floor. And the lights are starting to flicker. Yeah. Already. Oh, boy. You know, so these short shows, we come in here with five pounds of programming. We're getting ready for our last call, 312-981-7200, if you would like to be our last call and win some goodies from the yeah. prize list. 312-981-7200. That number again is 312-981-7200, if you would like to be our last caller. Simple as that. We just catch up with you, find out what's going on in your world. I'll find out if you've started doing any Christmas shopping. And by being our last caller, chosen randomly, as long as you haven't won in the last 60 days, you'll Mm -hmm. get some cool prizes for wrapping up tonight's show by being the famous last caller. So 312-981-7200 is the number to call. And we'll get to our last call after this on WGN. You don't have to go home. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you really do. But you can't stay here. No, you you can't stay here. That's what Bob uh, says as he's driving up and down the halls, cleaning the hardwood floors. He's going, nope, you can't stay here, kids. I have no choice. I have to stay here. (laughs) It's true. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) At least Bob doesn't make you help clean the floors, does he? I hope not. (laughs) No, but he does make you pick pick up after myself. Well, yes. He's a dad like that. (laughs) Oh, boy. The show has gone by way too fast. I was looking at all the things we wanted to talk about, and we got to like a third of them. And again, I want to remind you, our our show next week is going to be a little unusual. Uh, We think it will start about 9.30, and the first roughly two hours from 9.30 to 11 or 11.30 – will be uh, some of the best of stuff from mm-hmm. our vault. And then I uh, around uh, 11 or 11.30, we're going to come from Johnny's right. reunion. And as a listener said, congratulations on your 10th reunion. That's my new favorite human being. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when we get in here... Tommy Emanuel is going to be uh, coming over here after his performance next week at the Park West which I think is almost sold out. There may yeah. be a few tickets. And if you've never seen Tommy, go see Tommy. He is the best you will ever see. And he likes the Park West. He likes yeah. the acoustics in there. We've we introduced them several times. Yeah. We, the first time he ever played the Park West, we introduced him there. But after that show, he's going to bring his guitar and his own bad self and come on over here and hang out with us and mm-hmm. pick and sing a little bit with us. So and we're really looking forward to that. He's going to give us a shot of adrenaline like yes. you've never experienced yes. through the radio. Uh, because he's still keyed up after he does a couple-hour show. That's yeah. the reality of it. And he said, I just love coming in and doing radio. And so that's why we're lucky he's here on a Saturday. Then he goes up to Milwaukee for mm-hmm. the Paps Theater on Sunday. Okay, time for our last call, and it's I my picked, turn. Yeah, I picked last week, so you get to pick. Yeah. This week? I'm going to go with, um, let's go with three, because I believe that is Joe. Hey, Joe. Joe. Hello, Joe. Yo, Joe. You have a guy named Joe. <laughs> what? It's, it's a guy named Joe in Echo. You're a little scary, Hello. Joe. Oh, this is, this is not Joe. This is the daddy man. <laughs> 
daddy man. My name ain't Joe, just another guy named Joe. No, I'm the daddy man top flight security. I'm at work. Wow. Uh-huh. That's a little spooky. Yeah, I used to be Joe back in high school. I called everybody Joe back in the day when I went to Tilden, and uh, I don't know where I got off on that kick. I was, I was yeah. young then, but I'm old now. So, Are you in the basement, uh, Daddy? Are you... I feel like I should talk to you like this, Joe. <laughs> uh, w- would we have a better conversation this way? Uh, no, I got, I got a, I'm in my office now. I was out in that hallway, that corridor, and it, it sounds like a... What mother people say, like a vacuum or in a meat locker or something. No, but I'm in my office sitting Okay. All right. Okay. Because that was kind of spooky. I thought maybe you were trying to scare me a little bit, doing a ghostly voice. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I thought. So what do you do when you're in that office? Well, what do you do for a living? You know, I'm a top flight security man uh, at the water department, you know. Oh, oh, that's what you were saying. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is that here in Chicago? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Are you off on Saturdays? Are you back in the hall now? Is that why we're hearing (laughs) reverb? Oh, no, there's no reverb. No, I'm in my office right now. No, Joe, you're in heavy echo right now. I swear, you're like talking to us from the other side, like you're, you know... Well, I know I know what I should do because I don't have the radio on, so I know that's the problem. I just got I got a cricket flip phone. I don't have a no. That's phone. okay. Gotta... That's all right. You don't need to have uh-huh. the radio on because you know that can confuse you. It's just I think you're trying to spook me. That's what I think because well, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go back. I always use my speaker uh, attachment, but I'm gonna go back to the regular one. Okay, let's see if it works. Let's see if it go makes. Go back it. to the regular one, <laughs> Joe. <laughs> well, he used to be Joe in high school, but he's not anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I called everybody Joey. Oh, okay. I'm on my regular phone. I don't have speaker. speaker. All right, that's good. Okay. Yeah, that's it sounds good. like you're you know you're back here on this planet now. Yeah, <laughs> not in the yeah, heavens. Okay. <laughs> Reminds me of a a car I used to have. I think it was a '64 uh, Chevy, and one of the cool things about it was there was reverb in the ba- in the uh, back seat. One of the speakers was in the back seat. And you could be driving along and playing the radio, and all of a sudden you could add a little bit of reverb to whatever was going on. Okay, that's weird. That's weird. <laughs> oh, boy. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm 66 years young. I'll be mm-hmm. 67 November 7th, so I'm getting up there. Oh, you got just a month. Yeah, your countdown yeah. to your birthday. Yeah. Now, but you're still working? You're not retired? No, no, I got too many bills. I got to work till I drop. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, don't do that. So, no. See, I'm, I work only the weekends. Oh, okay. It's a very easy, cushy job where I'm at. So okay. I'm at chill and stuff. I, and I listen, you get to listen to the radio, right? Mm-hmm. Talk oh, radio, which, good. which I do religiously. Good, good, good. We appreciate that. So what's your Sunday going to be like? Well, I, well, I work Sunday from... From 3 to 11, and after that, I'm oh. due for the rest of the week till Friday night again. So oh, I'm like okay. off like four and a half days out the week, so it goes by fast, but yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. it's a pleasure to meet you, and if you'll hang on for just a second, Julian, we'll get some information. We're going to send you a retro, an official retro WGN Radio t-shirt. And I, I know I say it a lot, but these t-shirts are so cool. They I love are. them. And you will also get your very own weather station from American Weather Makers, and that, that is also very cool and very collectible. So thanks a lot for tuning in. So that's our last caller for this week. <laughs> I still think he's trying. Last caller. He was trying to spook me. <laughs> yeah.
Yeah. So be here next week. I will have tales from the high school reunion mm-hmm. to share with you. And I'm going to be leaving the reunion. I, I suspect at our age, everybody's going to be wrapping up around 10, 1030. So I'm good with leaving and mm-hmm. skedaddling down here to the radio station, especially because we get to spend some time with the one and only Tommy Emanuel when we get in here. And again, a reminder that uh, we will have all of the – somebody was asking, well, I can't remember all this stuff. Where do I find it? We will post it on our blog There will be a link to the podcast, a link to all the bumps we use, Mm -hmm. maybe a few notes about some things. Right. So So subscribe. Roughly within the next uh, 48 hours. Right. And if you subscribe, we're not going to sell that information, do anything. You just find out when we put up a post. It's simple as that. I think we're just about out of words. I know. So so uh, thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, thank you, Julian. Thanks uh, to everybody else who is... Oh, uh, to Ron and Gabe and to Bob, the keeper of the big plug. And hopefully we'll see you next week.